here we go, folks. We're <laughs> here today on this Friday with Inside Middle Tennessee. A little bit chilly, you know. But Just on the verge of being chilly. Yeah, but it's getting better all the time. It's yeah. supposed to be sunny today, up in like in the mid-50s. Mm-hmm. Ought to be pretty nice. Tomorrow's the same way until tomorrow night, I think, when some rain rolls in. So, guys, for the right. next couple of days, if you want to get outside, might be a pretty decent time to do that. Whatever. So... 55 this evening. Yeah. yeah. With 55 and sun out without a whole lot of wind, that's pretty nice. That's real nice for January, end of January. Yes, it is. I'll take we it. could have snow, Nadine. <clears throat> next, next, <laughs> next week, they're talking about snow. Yeah, Wednesday, well, you know, one of my favorite things is there's no sweeter phrase in the English language than no school in Murray County. <laughs> <laughs> hey. You know, Sheila, I can remember uh, some of, Good. How are you? Some of the... Some of the heaviest snow we've ever had was in March. Oh yes, we've had terrible snows in March. You know, and that's when it that's when it really gets pretty big. But anyway, let me introduce the players. I'm Jim Ross. We got Terry Wilcox on the board. Coach James Dickerson. <coughs> Good morning. Representative <coughs> Scott Sapicki is with us Good briefly morning. this morning. morning, and we've got Sheila Hickman in here with history moment here a little bit later. But Scott, you you are going to be with us only a very short period of time. You got anything on, on the agenda? Yes, we uh, uh, committees will start next week in the General Assembly, so everything will be opened up uh, starting on Monday. Um, we will be starting an education on a couple issues. I have a bill in committee already in criminal justice, believe it or not. Um, our very own Chandler Anderson has brought an issue to our attention, I've talked about this before, about health care workers being assaulted. And putting a more uh, severe penalty on that if you if you assault our healthcare workers, and so what we're going to do is uh, we're going to amend the law that says that nurses are the only ones that are covered. We're going to expand this to all healthcare providers. So if you're a uh, X-ray technician, a nurses or aid, a nurses aid, or or, or anything that has to deal in providing that service of healthcare to somebody, if you assault them, and and, and you will get an escalated penalty for that from the state. Good. So do not assault the people that are here to help you. Oh, the ER people are going to love you so right yes, now. <laughs> and uh, and I, and we are uh, and I know Chandler listens to this, so he's going to be on his best behavior when he comes to testify on Tuesday in the General Assembly for him. Okay. Yeah. Tell him to dress for the occasion. Yeah. I'm not worried about his dress. I'm more worried about what comes out of his mouth. <laughs> hey, uh, Scott, remind me, what committees are you on during this session? Because you got, you got off education last, from I, last well, year? Well, I, I am the chair. I'm the subcommittee chairman of education instruction. Okay. Uh, I'm on the education instruction full committee. I'm on insurance full and insurance subcommittee. And then I'm off of education admin, but I'm supposed to attend the meetings. Uh, and the reason why is you're only allowed to serve on three standing committees. So if you serve on two, it gives the speaker a little flexibility that if he gets into trouble on another committee, they can insert you into that committee. Yeah, He normally holds experienced people to do that because we know how to go into committee and listen to bills and, and ask the right questions. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you get set into committees sometimes to kill a bill or to help pass a bill. And so now I've become a a mercenary up there, I guess, for the speaker. <laughs> <laughs> What's amazing how many, you told this last year, how many bills get killed? Uh, we, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, we, it's the vast majority of yeah, them. We are an e- equal opportunity offender. <laughs> <laughs> we don't discriminate. Um, yeah, I mean, the job sometimes, uh, like, like the, here's a great example. When we look at bills in education, what we start look at, what we're looking at right now is, does it help provide better teachers to the classroom? 
Does it provide a better learning environment for our students, right? Does it move our literacy rates forward? Instead of just letting people put bills into education that just increase the code, we're trying to get purposeful legislation that moves the ball forward, right? Mm -hmm. We don't have time to mess around anymore. Not anymore. Don't have, don't have time. We're at, we're at a critical stage. Yeah, yeah. We've, got, we've got to, uh, well, um, yeah, we, we've got to get this education thing figured out. The good thing is... Everybody's in a panic right now because our bill filing deadline is Tuesday the 31st. Mm -hmm. It was normally the middle of February. The good part about that is, so everybody's in a panic mode trying to get their bills written. Um, the, the good part about it is it gives us an extra two weeks of committee time. So starting next week and probably for the next three weeks in education, what you'll witness up there is hearings. Hearings on education, such as if we have 66% of our kids that are potentially going to be retained in third grade that a lot of our superintendents are upset about, right? Mm -hmm. The question we're asking is why? Yeah. Why? Why are 66% of our kids having to be retained? We've had them in the system for four years. What's the problem? Tell us the problem. So we're going to bring a bunch of people different in. We're going to bring <clears throat> teachers in. Sheila's probably smiling about that. <laughs> we're bringing teachers in to testify. We're going to bring some principals in. We're going to obviously bring some lobbyists in and, and stakeholders. We'll bring the Department of Education in. And we're going to have probably four or five people in the front row whose sole job is to listen and take notes. What and, about bringing a student in? Well, it, 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 the problem you have is how do we find an average student? Because if I bring an AP kid in, yeah. life is great. Yeah. If I bring a kid in that's two grade levels behind, they're gonna t they're gonna confirm what we already know. Yeah. How do you find? How do you get a cross section? Hey. And so what we're looking at is teachers to fill that gap. Okay. Let's get a cross section of teachers from urban, rural, suburban, uh, uh, AP teachers, not AP teachers, special ed teachers, and try to get a cross section of education to look at to see if there are things that cross over. Because issues are problems, are choke points that cross over. That's something we can pinpoint and make a correction on. Mm -hmm. Because we're running out of time. We're yeah. just running out of time. And, and if we don't get education fixed, I mean, we're, we got to get it fixed. And we're all in on it. We're going to do everything we can. Um, I, I can tell you right now that a lot of people are asking us about the retention bill. That is not changing. We're going to put a line in the sand in third grade. But what we are going to do is expand it to start to move some of those additional supports starting in kindergarten that try to get them before they get behind yes. and work to keep them on grade level as they move to third grade so that when if you fail the third grade TCAP test, it's an anomaly. That's mm -hmm. the goal. It's got to be an anomaly. We've, we've missed some kind of, we've misdiagnosed some kind of learning disability or maybe there was a tragedy in the household or maybe a, a divorce happened and it, and it shocked the kid and, and they ha had a bad year, right? So that's, that's what we're doing there. The other big one we're working on is DCS, the Department of Children's oh. Services. Oh, what yeah. I make. Um, it, you know, from the deterioration of the home, all of those problems have come to roost right now. Well, that's part of the school problem. Yeah. And so yeah, they're, they're they're related. Yeah. And so um, it's a it is a it is a tough job. But the problem we have is we have such high turnover that um, the longer you spend, and I got Mr. now turnover in DCS, the, right? The and, help, and, right? And I got Sheila sitting here, and Sheila knows the longer you teach, the more uh, attuned you are to noticing the idiosyncrasies of children, right? Yes. I can, if you spend a lot of time with these kids like teachers do, they know when there's something wrong with the kid emotionally. 
Yes. As a DCS worker, the more time you can spend there, the more acute you are at looking. Here's my $10 word today. <laughs> the, more, the more acute you are of looking at and looking for telltale signs. Yeah. But if, if you're turning people over every year. Well, those, those people mm-hmm. as a rule, and I worked juvenile court for a long time for the mediation center. Those people are young folks yeah. right out of school. They have had very little, and that's not to take away from their profession, but they have not had real life experience. Correct. They just well, don't have enough under their belt. Right. And so what they use is we're, we're a stopping. We are an experienced resume builder for them. And then you move on to the private sector. So one thing the governor and the speakers are working on right now is you will probably see a massive pay increase to those workers because we've got to get them so competitive. The one thing we can offer that most can't is our, our, is our pension. Yes. The state pension is pretty it's pretty good. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah pretty good. Retirement is pretty rich pretty in the state. Good. Pretty good. And so that's one thing that we have an advantage over, but people don't get to spend their retirement until 30 years later. Yeah. Right? And you got to hang in there for 30 years. We can't keep them past two years. No. But if we can raise their pay enough that they can make a good living, because it is a hard, hard job, that they can make a good living and they can see, I can do this for 30 years, and then have the, have the, the, the pot of gold at the end of this, then that's when you start to gain that experience to handle these situations, because it, it's a serious issue right now in Tennessee. Serious issue. And we've got to get this fixed quickly, because we're not we're talking about children's lives. Yeah. So, um, and other than that, um, <laughs> nothing else that, going on, is there? Light, light lifting, you know, light lifting. Just a little uh, of this and a little of that. You, you know, we, we've, we've got, we have, I don't even know how to say this, guys. We have neglected society for a while. Well, and, <clears> we, <throat> we, we tend to push the problems out of the field of vision. There you go. Yeah, well, it's sort of like <clears throat> like rich communities hiding the poor people. Right. We sort and, of push them right. over. And it's kind of like a closet, right? Yeah, and COVID didn't you, help. You keep yeah. putting stuff in the closet, keep putting stuff yeah. in the closet. Well, eventually, it bursts open. Yes, that's and, sort of like and my that's closet. Where we are. And that's where we are right now. We've, we've, we've pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed, and now it's a problem. Well, you know, and COVID did exacerbate. There's another ten dollars. Good, word. y'all are doing uh, so well today. The, the, yeah, the, the issue, yeah. big time. But I think what it did, it pulled the curtain back on a lot of problems and just made them even yeah. where you couldn't ignore them anymore. And then the whole other issue we have with our children is, you know, we're looking at age level, age appropriateness. Are we, are we starting the kids too early? Absolutely. You know, and so we're, you know, I have to come up and testify on that bill for me, Sheila. Well, you but, call but, me. But I'll we're, be there. We're trying to figure out logical solutions to our educational woes. Because I'm telling you, folks, we're spending lots of money in high school on the dual pathway, career technical, community college. But if, if they hit their freshman year and they're two grade levels behind, it doesn't There's matter. No, uh-uh. no. They, doesn't you'll matter. never catch them up. And so it's uh, it's going to be a battle this year. I'm going to tell you that right now. And then, you know, we have the whole issues with, um, with um, uh, the – uh, gender reaffirming surgeries of our youth and stuff like that. That's that the first one hits committee on Tuesday. Well, now is the third grade uh, retention bill is that is that already law? Already passed. Okay, it's already passed. And so uh, we are looking to expand it a little bit to, like I said, push some Mod- of those supports into kindergarten. Modified a little bit. Yep. Look at uh, you know maybe look at a possible if a, if a child fails the TCAP test. I asked the commissioner this, and we have the technology, and she didn't seem opposed to it. That if a child passes the reading and comprehension part 
of the TCAP test, mm-hmm. reading comprehension, then that would be good enough to move them forward, and we can continue to work on their writing. Scott, yeah. <clears throat> a question for you. The third grade retention, if that child is held back, are there anything in, that's <clears throat> put back that the child will not retain that same teacher has to go to a different teacher? That that in the in the in the bill we encourage that practice. It has of, to of be moving it to a different moving the child to a different That's teacher. Important. It's important. Um, we, we don't we don't want to require it because you may have a staffing issue. Yeah. And if we require require <clears throat> it and that teacher leaves, yeah, we got a problem in the law. Mm-hmm. So we made it a best practice that if if a child has to has to repeat a grade level, that you assign them to a different teacher. One of the things we're looking at is instead of retaining them in third grade, retaining them in kindergarten. Yeah. Before that they is get rolling. The place. Before that they get is rolling. The place. And therefore we make sure that when every kid hits first grade, they are on grade level to hit first grade. So that's when the rigors of education start. That that's when you get into a schedule and you get into subjects and you you got to have those basics and fundamentals down in kindergarten so that those children can be successful. So uh um it's been a busy week for me. I, I started out on Monday here with, uh, with with three dudes in a view, and I, I told Delk that I would give him a synopsis every Monday about what we worked on. And then uh, I was yet last yesterday. I was over here with uh, Clayton and the principals, Doctor Steele. Doctor Steele. Doctor Steele doing his podcast, which airs tonight at or Sunday at seven o'clock. We had a good conversation about education, and then I, I'm here. And then now I've been committed to do ninety nine point seven on Thursdays at one o'clock. Education updates. <laughs> so um, you're all over the place. Yes, you are, and, and it's okay. I mean, because this is very important to me. When, when, and we all know what's going to happen tonight at seven o'clock with the release of that video, right? Oh, yeah, in Memphis. I, I've been to Memphis. I, I tour schools there, folks. It's real. The, the 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 problems that we have in Memphis and in Davidson County. I'm telling you, those kids, their lives are challenging. In every way. Every way. And you can't imagine it, folks. And I'm telling you, that's why I'm so passionate about Memphis and Davidson County, Nashville, is we got to fix those two school systems because by scale, if we don't fix them, the future of Tennessee is going to be in jeopardy because we will not be turning out enough people to keep this, 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 uh, this state moving forward. Yeah, so I've got to run, Scott. Well, Scott, let me let me uh, switch gears on you before you go uh, on a whole different deal. We've got the Eagles are two and a half point favorites, <laughs> and then you've got uh, I think uh, the Chiefs are a one point favorite. So, so I, what you, do you what do you think? Well, you know who I played for NFL. I'm a Bengals fan. Yeah, um, and, and and well, Joe Burrow is, is a child throw, killer. Big throw, Joe. I mean, right, <laughs> big big throw, Joe. Um, he just gets better every, every he does. year. I he mean, he looks like a fifteen year old who'll cut your throat. I mean, and <laughs> you, you know, one thing was that a compliment? <laughs> it, it, he's a baby face killer. So so here, here's what here's what I've learned from being and coach. You know this when you look at a quarterback in the moment, right? You look at their eyes, and you can see. And Joe Barrow, I got this. Calm, yeah. cool. You look at Montana, right? It, yeah. The greats, right? Yeah. They just have that air bottom that they never get caught up in the moment. It's just another play to them, right? That's what makes a guy like Burroughs so great is he's just so unemotional. He's, like he's just like a deadpan gunslinger that just goes in and does his job. <laughs> it's that, called body language. Right. You look at his body yeah. and the language is coming and, and out And so of by his confidence, that breeds the confidence in the rest of the team because the guy who's pulling the trigger 
We got this, guys. Don't worry about it. There's this famous story about Joe Montana in the Super Bowl on the last drive. Comes into the huddle, and they had to drive to beat, to beat the Bengals. Mm-hmm. And he comes into the huddle, and he says, hey, guys, hey, look, look over there. Isn't that John Candy? <laughs> it's like a minute and a half left in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Right? And he's, 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 that what makes him great. I'm going to go with Cincinnati, and I'm, <laughs> and I'm telling you, I would not bet against the 49ers. No. Yeah. What, just, a, what a story coming out of 49ers I camp. Mean, and that Brock Purdy, uh, yep. we won't go to his nickname. but uh, you know, <laughs> Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah, he was the last there's a different one taken. that everybody's using right now. Yep. But um, <laughs> yes. uh, I mean, Brock Purdy is just looks like the, he's making himself a lot of money. The last pick of the NFL yeah, draft I, last year. It makes, you, it makes you kind of yeah. wonder, as an NFL GM, do I need to take that guy in the first round? Do I need to take that guy? Look, look at Joe Montana. Look mm-hmm. at Brady. It was an afterthought. Brady, Brady. Brady was an afterthought. Well, it, it also shows you that every quarterback in a draft is talented, but about 80% of their value is in between their ears, not in their <laughs> arms. It, I don't care about the guy. I'll take a guy with a little less talent that when it's on the line, they have that look in their eye, and they'll win a lot of games for you. You know, And, and, and a, lot of, a lot of the college quarterbacks that you know look so good, it's the system around them which makes them look so much better. Yeah. It's the guys that you don't know about that are – Maybe play in a school that's not as not as talented around them, but when they get to the pros, now you're with everybody right. who's equal, and that makes a big difference. So, Scott, thanks for coming in. Folks, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back with Inside Middle Tennessee. One of our objectives at Caledonian Financial is to impact our clients and friends in a positive manner. Whether it's a friendly voice, a smile and a wave as you walk past our office, or supporting our community, the Caledonian team is actively involved through our memberships in Kiwanis, Rotary, Murray Alliance Circle of Excellence, volunteering in Boy Scouts and 4-H, serving on a variety of boards and more. We stay connected to Murray County. This is Daisy Cook with Caledonian Financial in historic downtown Columbia. Securities and investment advisory services offered through NBC Securities Incorporated. Member FINRA and SIPC. This is Jumpin' Joe Wiley, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Hello. 
This is Rick Tillis with Tillis Jewelry in Columbia and Lewisburg, Tennessee. What are you looking for in a jeweler? Knowledgeable staff? Experienced goldsmiths? Or true custom designers? Experienced working with clients creating that perfect gift for a special loved one? Well, you have found them. Tillis Jewelry. We're this and so much more. Check us out at TillisJewelry.com or on Facebook and Instagram to see our latest creations. Tillis Jewelry, Columbia and Lewisburg, Tennessee. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. This is Sarah Elizabeth, and you're listening to Inside Middle Tennessee on Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM. And we're back with Inside Middle Tennessee, and that was our own Sarah Elizabeth, who is busy writing grants right now. Oh, this is the grant season, and she goes from, I don't know where else she's been this week. She goes to Bell Buckle, and she goes to Tallahoma, and she goes to... She goes as far as as Swanee that way, and she goes almost to the river the other way. I think she's she have thirteen or or eight counties. It's it's thirteen counties. It's eight. It's eight counties and thirteen municipalities. Okay, I believe that's right. That's a lot of area, and she knows all those people. It is amazing. She'll say now. So and so is the mayor in, in the and well we don't know any of those people but she can give you a rundown on on all of them and the ones that uh and some of them are very frustrating because they will not follow through with their part of the deal the counties pay a membership fee that's probably not what you call it but they pay for the services of the South Central Development District yeah so they are clients of Sarah Elizabeth and her of yep. her crew down there and and there are certain things that the people in the county or in the cities have to do to comply with the the requirements for those grants and some people don't get it but she I think they're do, doing right well and she, of course they're always so tickled when they get a grant we've talked about this before these little uh solar powered bus station stops for our trolleys <laughs> she wrote that grant and of course she's very proud of that and it and you we she said you would really be surprised to know how many people take advantage of the trolley service oh no i bet no i, I you see them all the time yeah yeah and, and besides that if you're a municipality or whatever who doesn't like free money that's right you that's know that's right well she has i can't imagine people wouldn't comply well, some people just don't want to fool with it in the first place. You know, it's, there's a great deal of red tape. There's a great deal of writing. And there is so much research. I helped them one year about these poor little counties below and down below us 
have great problems with uh, their infrastructure. They don't have proper water. They don't have proper sewer. They don't, and and it's the the darndest thing. They have to go by, and they have to draw this little sketch. Like the, if the road is the Bear Creek Pike, then they've got to draw a little sketch of all those houses up and down the Bear Creek Pike or wherever it is that need this mm-hmm. service. And it, it's sometimes they have to go places and count houses. <laughs> And and one day this week, I don't know where she was, she called it. I called her, I guess, for some purpose, and she said, I'm downtown right now making pictures of buildings because they're working towards some kind of preservation, some kind of restoration, and she has to have the evidence there. Well, you know, I remember Mount Pleasant had a huge sewer project about in the last 10 years. Yes. If it wasn't for grants, they couldn't have pulled it off. No, no. Like then and they that is I know that is time consuming for the municipalities to do their part, but they get more than a reward when the grants come Well, out. I remember Mayor Bill White was in on this show about six months ago and he was just <coughs> talking about how he got a they've got a couple I think it's a it was a couple of million dollars. Yeah. And he just said that put us over the top finally yeah. as far as being yeah. able to do this. And that's important. Oh, yes. Because Mount Pleasant's growing, too. It is. It is. And that all those little counties below us that have been so stagnant all these years, our growth is going to begin to spill more and more into those counties. It's the Nashville-Huntsville corridor. Yeah. So but people can commute to here from any of those little counties. and The roads are good, and that's not a big problem. So, yeah, they we need to do as much as we can to keep up with the times. Yeah. Well, I know that you had to come in here with with some kind of history thing. Oh, in your it is mind. outstanding. And, you know, <coughs> it is just outstanding. <laughs> I am I am overwhelmed how good it is. <laughs> I, I brought two two books with me, but I'll use, I think I'll use use Benjamin Franklin. One one of the jobs that Eddie and I have at church is to change the sign. Oh yeah, and nothing aggravates. That's me. a whole industry, by the way, of these little yeah, these is. little glib sayings yeah. that you put on signs. And, and you have to be careful what you put up there at church. You don't want to put something up there that people say, "What's wrong with those folks?" <laughs> so we we're very careful about what we put up there. But nothing aggravates me more in town than to pass one of these signs that is changeable, and it says. Happy New Year, or it says Happy Thanksgiving, and this is the Fourth of July. I, I, the, the schools are bad about that. I said if I were a principal, somebody at that school would be in charge of changing that sign, and it better be changed every week because that just looks silly. That looks like you don't really care whether anybody knows what you're doing or not. So put something out there if it's just hello. Well, but. <laughs> Anyway. Well, now they're all LED, and they're real easy to change. Yeah, yeah. Well, ours is from the old school, and we had to pull the letters off, and if it's been raining and snowing, then you had to dry them off with a piece of paper towel, and <laughs> you had to lay them out. But we got a system now. We go back there in the in the back of the church, and we lay it all out, and you lay them out backwards. If, if you're putting B, you'd put the the B and put the E on top of it and then we got we've got a system now so it's not so hard but we're very careful about what we put up there because we have been told and I'm sure this is not the right number now we've been told that 2,000 cars pass our house every day and I expect it's more than that now I'm sure there's a lot more right now yeah yeah <laughs> yeah most of them when I'm trying to get out of the driveway mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh at any rate I brought poor Richard's almanac 
Ben Franklin is famous for Poor Richard's Almanac. Ben Franklin was probably one of the smartest people who ever lived. And he invented bifocal glasses and the uh, Franklin stove, and he did the kite and the key, proving that electricity was found in the lightning. My children used to tell me on the test that he invented lightning. I said, (laughs) I don't believe he did that. I think God had already taken care of that. But he he was a statesman. We know that he spent a great deal of his time abroad during the Revolution. He's in Paris. And was more Parisian than they were. And, but he did play the part. They thought he should look like um, a frontiersman. So he had a, a the heather shoot the leather hat or the coonskin cap or something. He played the part to the hilt. But his personal life was a wreck. <laughs> he, he 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 was there. I'll, his son was the Tory governor of New Jersey, so they were on opposite sides in the revolution. And he just went off and left his wife, and she died while he was gone. And he said he was sorry he missed it. We have a a real <laughs> now. You're talking about Ben Franklin, ben not Franklin. his son. No, not okay. his son. Okay, I don't know what happened to the son, but Ben Franklin is kind. Of, he's just real interesting to me. Uh oh, somebody's something fell over. It's all right. Oh, okay. We're good. So anyway, this is a little book that some of my students gave me of, of the collection of the sayings from Poor Richard's Almanac. And the reason he published the Almanac was he was a printer. He made a great deal of money, and he never patented his inventions because he said it would rather, he would rather it be said that he was useful rather than rich. Yeah. And so he didn't patent any of his inventions. He's evidently rich enough, though. Yeah, I think he did. But the almanac was one way that the printer could supplement his income. So during the the printing process, instead of, of course, it had when the moon sets and the sun rises and all those things like the farmer's almanac does today. But to fill in the edges of the columns so they would be regular, Mm-hmm. And newspapers used to have a deal to do this, too. So he put in these little bits of wisdom. And they are not, for the most part, original. If you went back and searched the literature of the ages, you would find that they have been said in other ways, earlier times, by someone else. But he was smart enough to take the wisdom of the ages and Americanize it so that it's become a part of the American vernacular People will quote the Bible, they'll quote Shakespeare, and they'll quote Ben Franklin, but they don't know which one's which. (laughs) (laughs) Well, don't forget Mark Twain and Will Rogers, too. Oh, yes, and that's a whole whole other. So I'm going to read some of these just because there's so many that that it's just, just, and I used to have more fun with the children. There would be about 20 in the literature book, and so their assignment would be, Write a sentence, say, what do you think this one means? And the way we had more fun with that. That's back when we had fun at school. I don't guess I could <laughs> I don't guess you could do that now. I don't know whether uh whether we'd have time to do that. We're too busy learning to be structural engineers. Uh and I'll just pick out some of these. This book, by the way, came to me. A bunch of my students went to went on a trip to Disney World and they and they brought this back to me. Because they thought of me when they saw this at <laughs> Disney World, and I'm sure it was in the Hall of the Presidents. But anyway, I'm going to read a little bit of these, and we'll just see what kind of wonderful things 
industry pays debts, despair increases them. <laughs> Speak with contempt of none from slave to king. The meanest bee hath and will use a sting. So sometimes it's pretty pointed what he's... Uh, good, great good nature without prudence is a great misfortune. He that would live in peace and at ease must not speak all he knows, nor judge all he sees. That's not a bad philosophy of life. I was going to say. <laughs> if you, the poor man must walk to get meat for his stomach, the rich man to get a stomach for his meat. <laughs> Avarice and happiness never saw each other. How then should they be acquainted? <laughs> you know, you just got to love the way that they that he puts it. Oh, then. yeah. He just, every... I mean, so much of that is what I would call understated. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's, but it's it's supposed to make you think. Oh, yes. And this is, this is one of my favorites. The use of money is all the advantage there is in having money. Lay not up for yourselves treasures yeah. on earth. Yeah. Yeah, for man, where man's heart is, there is his treasure. Uh, let all men know thee, but no man know thee thoroughly. Men freely forward that see the shallows. Don't <laughs> let them figure out how shallow you are. Yeah. Oh, I love this next one, too. Experience keeps a dear school. Yet fools will learn in no other. And the the problem with the students in this is they think dear, they don't know that dear means expensive, that learning by experience is the most expensive way to learn many times, that, that you can also learn vicariously. Monkeys warm with envious spite, their most obliging friends will bite. Uh, who is rich? He that rejoices in his portion. Wealth is not his that has it, but his that enjoys it. Very simple things, and, and there is a certain, it, it is Americanisms. It is the things, it has the meter, it has the sound of things that we uh, talk about or we use in our language every day. Uh, he that hath a trade hath an estate. Yeah. We don't, we've lost sight of that one, haven't we? Well, that's kind of coming back. You know, that's one of the things that Scott is big about as far as pushing some of the trades because, you know, and I'll, I've always thought that. I've, I've told people that, that uh, anybody's had any construction done, if you're, a, if you're a good finished carpenter or you're oh, a bricklayer yes. or something like that, if you're good at it and if you've got a work ethic, you'll never go hungry. Uh-oh, no. Ever. No, Ever. No, and we will always need people who can use their hands. Oh, yeah. As pride increases, fortune declines. Yeah. Pride goeth. Well, particularly moral. Yeah. Observe all men, thyself the most. That's where uh, I remember uh, Ralph uh, Waldo Emerson said, an unexamined life. Is not worth living. Exactly. That's, that, that's kind of along the same lines. Same line. Pay what you owe and what you're worth, you'll know. Uh, little strokes fell big oaks. I think we say that one sometimes. 
Yeah, that's that's the kind of reminds me of the little thing about uh, how do you eat an elephant? <laughs> one bite, one, one at, a bite at a time. One bite at a time. <laughs> Who is strong? He that can conquer his bad habits. <laughs> that's true of all it, of yes, us. Yes, it is. You know. To all apparent beauties blind, each blemish strikes an envious man. <laughs> give, give me two more. We're going to go to a break. Okay. Yeah. Marry above thy match, and thou'lt get a master. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie would say he married above. So. Uh, well, I guess maybe I did too. Content makes poor men rich. Discontent makes rich men poor. In a heartbeat. Yeah. In a heartbeat. <laughs> Sheila, thank you. You're welcome. I tell you what, folks. <laughs> you know, we're, we could we could go all day long on Bill Oh, Franklin. yes, we could. I mean, there, there's a lot to that guy. Tell you what, folks, we're going to be right back with Inside Middle Tennessee. Let's face it, the world is constantly changing and it is now more important than ever to take care of those who you trust with your business every day. Large and even international competition has made it increasingly difficult to keep your best talent. With Caledonian Financial's local business plan to help, you can give your employees a business package that is competitive and effective for everyone. I'm Thomas Sneed with Caledonian Financial here in downtown Columbia. Securities and investment advisory services offered through NBC Securities Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late model, low mileage, one owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Elk Kennedy. 
The old saying is, happy wife, happy life couldn't be more true. Many years ago, my wife, Mary Susan, had major surgery on her back, but continued with chronic pain. Doctors were saying invalid, disabled, but then she found the Dr. Gill Center for Back, Neck, and Chronic Pain in Franklin, Tennessee. It has changed our lives. We visited there recently with Dr. Wendy Tui, saw the state-of-the-art facilities. Folks, don't take a pill. Call Dr. Gill. Go to callmepainfree.com. You're listening to the best in news, talk, sports, and music on WKOM 101.7 FM in Columbia, Tennessee. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. And we're back with Inside Middle Tennessee. You know, I got a question for Coach. What you got? Over there. Did you ever think that Alabama would be known as a basketball school? <laughs> <laughs> they are ranked number two in the country down there, and they are playing some outstanding basketball. Now, Tennessee's number four. Right. You know, and I think come February 15th or 16th, showdown. Like that, yeah. It's going to be a showdown. Yeah. That'll that, be a good game. It is. Speaking of good games, this Saturday, the McDonald's shootout. This Saturday. Oh, it is. Yeah, Spring Hill on Columbia Central. T. Really. And where's yep. it going to be located this time? Because it switches back and forth. It does it? rotates yeah. out. I think it, it's it, this year's in Central. Yeah, is that Central? Yep, mm-hmm. it sure does. Uh, I believe six o'clock is what I've got for start time for the girls. Yeah, the girls game six and then, o'clock, and then immediately after that, around seven thirty, the boys will start. So uh, that's going to be, and we'll carry it right here. And of course, on one hundred three point, not not here, but on one hundred three point seven. We'll have that shootout. So, Terry, do you know what their scores are? How how the teams are doing so far this year? Well, I know Columbia is struggling. Uh, they're, they're starting to get some wins under their belt. I have not checked uh, Spring Hill lately. Coach will probably know more. Spring Hill's got a good basketball team. Uh, Central with the new coach uh, out there. They sort of struggle a little bit, but I love the guy. I love what he's all about, and the kids are buying in, and they're losing these gains by one or two possessions. Mm-hmm. And so Spring Hill's got a tremendously good point guard up there. So this game's going to be exciting. And hats off to Tony and Gina Wolf. This is the 10th yes. year. How and many years? 10 years. 10 years. I Tony and Gina Wolf was, a, you know, pioneers of getting this thing off and going. And, and they do a great job promoting it. And mm-hmm. a lot of it's just a lot of buzz for the community. And uh, always a big crowd. Oh, well, that's yep. always a big thing when you have these uh, among the county schools. That's always a big thing. Yeah. Well, said, by the way, I went to – Coach, I went to to the uh, the middle school uh, championship right. up at Battle Creek. And, you know, Scott was talking a little bit about that. But, I mean, you were very instrumental in getting that coalition, I think, put together. And let me tell you something. That place was – Packed. Oh, good. I mean, it was. I mean, people were sitting in the aisles, not only in the bleachers. They were having to sit in the aisles. Fire marshal would have gone nuts, but <laughs> but they were sitting in the aisles. But the point of it all being is what you had talked about earlier that in football and basketball, by doing all this, the gates and all it's going to do. I don't know what that gate would have been, but that gate would have been. That gate would have been big. Oh, yeah. And, and the great and, thing about it. Yeah, it goes uh, right back into the school. Yeah, it is. It goes back into the athletic program. And, and, and another good thing about it is that. Uh, Cuts expenses. That we carried the uh, championship games on mm-hmm. the radio. Junior high championship mm-hmm. games. We picked it up in football this mm-hmm. last fall. And then we did the basketball. And a lot of people loved hearing the uh, game live, the junior high game. So we give them junior high just as much love we do the varsity levels now at the radio station. Mm-hmm. Well, we can hope that that kind of following of their 
their teams and their children playing will go on to high school. Back when the old days, you couldn't get in the old gym in Central High School no. unless you got there early. Oh, yeah. Well, if you win. Yeah. Everybody you'll, you'll loves a it. winner. Oh, yeah. In, in a big way. You know, on the college level, we've got the uh, Big 12 SEC Challenge this right. weekend. And I know that Texas is going to be at Tennessee. That'll be at 5 o'clock on ESPN. That's going to be an interesting game. Yeah, because Texas, uh, they're ranked pretty high. They I think. are. I don't know exactly where, where they are right now, but I think they may be ranked like number 7 or 8, I think. But that's Texas is ranked 10th right now with a 17-3 record right now. And so Tennessee, of course, is 17-3 as well. And then Alabama, you know, plays Oklahoma this weekend. At Oklahoma. At yep. Oklahoma. So it's going to be a, a good be weekend. A, it'll be 1 o'clock at, on ESPN. we got mm-hmm. Auburn at West Virginia at 11 o'clock on ESPN. Arkansas at Baylor at 3. Here's another. Here's going to be another good one. Kansas at Kentucky. That's going to be at 7 o'clock on ESPN. They're making that kind of their marquee game. Two of the winningest basketball programs in history are going to play each other this weekend, Kentucky and Kansas. Mm-hmm. Now, here's a, here's kind of an interesting thing. Uh, you know who's ranked higher than Kansas, out of Kansas, of all Kansas ranks? State. Who'd ever thought? Yeah. Can, you know, Kansas is ranked like number nine or ten, I nine. think. And Kansas State is number five, aren't they? Mm-hmm, number five. And, and who would have ever thunk that one? Oh yeah. The only uh, Vandy is playing uh, a Texas A and M. I think in the only SEC matchup that I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm aware of. And A and M coming off a big upset win over Auburn uh, the other night. You know what? Well, Auburn traveled down there to A and M, and A and M beat them about about like fourteen, fifteen points. Well, so A and M's got a good uh, basketball. They team. do. Can't say anything about the football team, but they got a good <laughs> basketball team. Anyway, so it's going to be a good one. It is. Yep. And uh, what's our programming on that, uh, Terry, on all this stuff this weekend? So. Well, uh, tonight, Friday night, uh, starting at 530 on 101.7, uh, with a pregame for the game of the week, which is Santa Fe at Hampshire. Uh, Drake Colley and Clayton Harris will be on the call. Uh, tip-off time should be 6 o'clock for the girls' game. And then on 103.7, as always, we carry the Columbia Central boys and girls starting at 6, and they are home uh, against Hillwood tonight and then of course tomorrow we just talked about the uh you know we got the mcdonald's shootout uh tomorrow night at uh spray at columbia central between columbia and spring hill and then uh, like i said we have pregame at noon for uh alabama playing at oklahoma on 101.7 and the time on tennessee i i didn't have it down there did you say five o'clock uh the game is at five o'clock on esp and that's central time Central time will we is five that we would probably not be able to cover that because we will be covering the uh, high school which has precedent starting at six. You know, so don't but, worry, we'll find it. I was just thinking about something, Sheila. Can you imagine now? The, he said the game of the week is going to be two of our unit schools, Santa mm-hmm. Fe and Hampshire. You talk <coughs> about some pride, oh, well, community pride. Back in the old days, <laughs> we had what was called the 22nd District before the TSSAA did all this classification and all this mess. And and sure, and they all played each other. Yeah. They all played each other. Kalioka. Yeah, they all Santa played Fe. each other. Oh, yes, and... and uh, of course, Eddie started out coaching at Hampshire. That's where he started his teaching career. And and that old cannery down there uh, where they played ball would be just as full as it could possibly be. 
and there would be people standing. I'm sure the fire marshal didn't know about it, and he would have got been down there with his uh, stick separating <laughs> the people. But you cannot imagine. If, if your school only has basketball, and those unit schools have basketball, yep. then that's it. That's yep. where your loyalties lie. That's where your support goes. And there's a lot to be said for those unit schools. I think, I think there were five or six left in the whole state of Tennessee. I'll say we're one of only and four got, counties with, with, uh-huh. with unit and I, schools. I think right. we, we've got three of them. It is something like five or six in the whole state, and we've got three of them. But if you think you're going to close one of them, you better bring your lunch and your dinner, too, because it's not going <laughs> to happen. It's not going to be a pretty hearing, uh-uh. is they, it? They said one time, Hampshire, they've been going to close Hampshire for 100 years. That's, well, Cullioca, they want to merge Cullioca. Now, yes, that makes no sense. That's two different th- strings of thought. <laughs> but the the reason there's a high school at Hampshire is that seven families went in together and built that school down there. The original Hampshire High School or the Hampshire School was built by Mr. Jaggers and the members of that community, and that was their school. And they they turned it over to the county eventually. Of course, that building burned. But even when Eddie started teaching. They still had down there what they called a local school board mm-hmm. uh, from those families that started, and he had to meet with them. <laughs> and, he, and and those people mean business. He got raked over the coals, yeah, they, I suspect, they, they, several they times. Che- checked him out pretty good. But they, <laughs> they said one time, this, this I is... I wonder if that's how Eddie would put it. I don't know how he put it. This, this is a true story. Mr. Ed Cox taught Sunday school, and he was... Fine Christian man, I just love Mr. Cox. He was my superintendent, and he was—he uh, hired me here. And a pilot in World War Two. Absolutely, a, a World War Two hero. But anyway, he was teaching Sunday school, and the question came up of closing Hampshire High School. And I don't know how they got off on that, but you know how Sunday school goes sometimes. <laughs> and somebody said to Mr. Cox. If you think Moses had trouble getting those children through the wilderness wilderness wandering wilderness for forty years, then you just go ahead and try to close Hampshire School. <laughs> Santa Fe would be the same way. Yeah. Cut Elka too. Yeah. And but I it is it is neat though because uh, I journeyed down and watched uh, Spring Hill against I'm uh, not Spring Hill but uh, Santa Fe against Mount Pleasant earlier in the year, and uh, it was probably. It was amazing that you get there and you can't find parking. You would try to squeeze in the gym. That place was so packed and so loud. Yeah, it was. It was unreal. It, I mean, it, that is the community. It is a community. That's the event. spirit of the community. It's, it's like a Saturday good. night dance. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. And and uh, it's, you got all genre of people in the gym from. The little kids to the eighty, ninety year old women or men sitting over there just cheering on their team and it's 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 a it's kind of a flashback watching old Hoosiers movie or something like that. But you <laughs> yeah, smile you sort of sit back and smile and says, This is what America's about right here. Yeah. It's neat. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right, now coach, you're in the middle of winter workouts right, right now. Right, we are. And how long will that go on? And, and well, what I do in so what's typical with that? In, in Withorn, I try to start it in the uh, mid January, and we go three days a week: Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays, and go to the end of February like that. Then I increase it to four days, all the way up to spring football. And we try to have spring football in April, 
And so uh, it's, it's, it's uh, good for the kids. Kids have uh, been sitting up all winter long, and uh, yeah. it's amazing that uh, we started Monday, our first one, and I think I had two kids throwing up before 10, 15 minutes into it. You know, this, and then you look at the kids. Y'all been doing anything this winter? Uh, no. No. <laughs> and uh, I pulled some jump ropes out. I, jump ropes. I like jump ropes. And uh, we had 30 kids Such yesterday. Such a basic exercise. Yeah, I had 30 mm-hmm. kids yesterday. Two out of 30 could do a jump rope. <laughs> That's just terrible. <laughs> some of them didn't know what it was. That that might be a symptom of this country's it maladies. It is. Oh, yeah. We no, can't it is. jump rope. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. Too much, too much video games and uh, and too much, you know. We, of course, we could just stay there. And I always say, I always say, the workouts into uh, multiple things. It's life lessons. And so yesterday, I noticed that the uh, locker room we was getting dressed in has not been cleaned in a good while. I said we're gonna cut workoffs early today, and your mama's gonna be real proud of you because I'm gonna teach you how to use a broom and dustpan. And, <laughs> and, and so we uh, was able to clean the locker room yesterday for about 25 minutes, and all the kids was I was having to teach kids how to sweep. And uh, you know why? You know, go get the garbage, pick it up. Let's get it cleaned up and everything. And so when you go home tonight and tell your mamas that you learned how to clean the locker room today. So I'm teaching life lessons. That's, that's right. And mama's gonna look at him and go, "Good, yeah, go do right. that to your room right <laughs> now." Right. Yeah. yeah. But you think about that though, Coach. You got—I don't know how many kids you have, but if you have about you got ten or fifteen kids in twenty-five minutes, you ought to be able to uh, do a lot of cleaning. Yeah, yeah, the number fluctuate. You know, uh, first day I had twenty four kids, second day about twenty eight. Yesterday I had about thirty four, and last—that's good though. Yeah, it is real good. And the last uh, last year when I started them, it got up to sixty kids. Oh, that's wow. good. Yeah, so you know it's convenient that that the kids instead of riding the bus can come down and hang out with me for two and a half hours, and the parents can pick them up five thirty after they get off work, and so you know and. A lot of them will not play football, but a lot of them are interested in it. But, you know, I love seeing all them kids get down and do, put the work in. I will say, well, a whole lot of them probably just like the workout, maybe. They do, and like the camaraderie. And, and uh, a lot of them don't like to catch the bus and go home and wait till the parents get there, then come down there. And, and uh, we give them mentor. You know, we talk to them on a daily basis. I get on these talking rants and give them some <laughs> <No>! life lessons. <laughs> and, 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 and I'm a storyteller. I love to tell, tell stories. Oh, and so, and I love to look, look around the room and I captured all these kids and all their eyes looking at it. And oh, it's fun. It is fun. It is fun. <laughs> so. But it's it's a, it's a blast to be around the kids. That's what that's what we do is we uh, train these kids and hope they go in the right direction of life. Yeah. So. Well, you know they're doing something worthwhile when they're there with you. They're not out wandering the streets or or getting, getting in trouble. Mischief. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, kids say the darndest things. To, you know, when they suspect it, one of them kids walk up to you and tell you. Uh, a story you sit there and go, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Hadn't heard that one. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, of course, you know, they share stories, but, you know, they want to come up and tell you, says, things not good at the house. My mom and daddy got in a big argument last night. Yeah, they'll tell you. Yeah, they'll tell you all about it. And so you and you, you automatically say something positive back to them. And, and, uh, and, and get them back on the right track. Right. Bless their well, Folks, we're kind of hitting the end end of Inside Middle Tennessee. Terry, do you want you got any any programming you want to go over again? Just the uh, the high school games tonight and tomorrow. Uh, again, starting at uh, five thirty on one hundred one point seven game of the week. Santa Fe at Hampshire and Columbia 
Girls kick, kick uh, tip off at six, followed by the boys game, and then tomorrow, the, tomorrow the big shootout at Columbia against Spring Hill. Uh, Alabama basketball played in Oklahoma. We'll have the broadcast at noon on 101, and uh, that should be it. And next weekend will be the first uh, NASCAR race of the season. There oh you my. go. Wave mighty to Ryan yep. again. Where's yeah. it going to be at, too, Willie? It'll be, it is going to be in Los Angeles That's at right. the Coliseum, the little quarter mile inside of the Coliseum. Good Lord, it, that, that, it's just one big turn. That's, That's what it is. <laughs> All, right. All right, folks, we've <laughs> accomplished another week, and we'll be back next week with Inside Middle Tennessee.